New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Again, dear ones, Reverend Robert with you here on a free night. It's time for the good news. Our weekly broadcast where we rustle up some good news stories out of the internet, polish them off, make sure that you get a chance to take a look at them and perhaps start your weekend with a dose of good news in your life. Some great stories you can take forward with you. And, you know, we do this every Friday evening, 5 o'clock Mountain Time. So please like, share, subscribe, let your friends know what we're doing. And if you'd like to get in touch, we have an email address, goodnews at ntmedia.org. That's goodnews at ntmedia.org. Send us your ideas, send us your good news stories. Or if perhaps you'd like to come on board and share a good news story with us once in a while, uh, be, we'd be happy to do that and uh, invite you in. And I want to say a great, big, huge thank you to Reverend Barbara for filling in for me last week while I was away. I got a chance to check out her show after the fact, and she also found a great collection of good news stories to share. So thank you again, Reverend Barbara, uh, for stepping in and stepping up and uh, being our host when I'm not able to be here. All right. So Here's our first story tonight. Imagine that you're working for a salvage company and you're working in uh, the uh, around the Mississippi River. This actually happened in Vicksburg, Mississippi. A couple of uh, salvage workers found a bottle and noticed a note in the bottle. So being intrigued by that, they brought the bottle up to the water. They know up from the water. They uh, were able to extract the note and they could, it was, it's pretty sun bleached, but they were able to make out some things. They found a date, 1989, and they found a, uh, a city, Oxford, Mississippi, and they found the, what they think is the last name of either Tal, T-A-H-L, or Dahl, D-A-H-L. Well, the, these uh, these folks at the shipbuilder, they couldn't let it go. So they kept looking and they turned to the Internet, of course. It kind of got around. And eventually a family, Eric Dahl, his wife Melanie and son Chris, uh, got wind of the message. They actually drove 200 miles to read this letter and realized it was from their son, Brian. Now, Brian was about 11 years old at the time that he wrote the note. 
dropped it in a bottle and sent it down uh, Mississippi's Tallahatchie River. That was part of a, uh, a school project, and we'll tell you about that in a second. However, Brian uh, passed away uh, over a decade ago. He uh, was a cyclist. He had beaten cancer once uh, and then died in an accident in his home. So Brian's not with us, but here is this long lost note from when he was 11 years old. The USA Today newspaper eventually got mm -hmm. involved uh, and tracked down Brian's teacher. And uh, miraculously, another one of the notes from this class was found in Louisiana. Not all that long ago. Uh, however, Brian's note floated 200 miles to the Yazoo River uh, and it went into the canal there. That's where the salvage workers still, uh, where the, the salvage workers found the bottle and the note. I love stories like this. It reminds me, it's just the magic of life, the miracle of the universe, if you will. Uh, and many would say that Brian is, uh, made sure that note was found so his parents know he was watching over the hit over his family and uh, our dear producer thank you diego just flashed up on goodnews.org on our web screen that's where we get most of our stories here on the good news it broadcast is from goodnewsnetwork.org please head on over to their site give them the love and appreciation they so richly deserve all right our next story a 16 year old british young man Britt Travis Ludlow, um, oh, I'm sorry, wrong name, <laughs> Mac Rutherford, uh, is set to become the youngest person to circumnavigate the Earth in an airplane on a solo mission. Now, he's been at this since March. He left Bel Bulga uh, Bulgaria in March. Uh, he is set to land in the UK this coming Monday. And then uh, with a short break, then he'll complete his trip and fly into back to Bulgaria. Now, this story might seem a little uh, familiar because we've actually focused on Max's sister, Zara, Zara, Z-A-R-I. She's 19. She became the youngest woman to fly around the world solo earlier this year. And uh, we reported on that story when it happened. <laughs> and here is... Uh, here's Mac following right behind. Now, the the person uh, that holds the record currently is Travis Ludlow. He was 18 when he completed this same trip last year. And we reported on that one as well. Seems like the British have got something going on with teenagers and flying around the world. <laughs> Three, a two for one family. Mac's family are all aviators, as both his mother and his father are professional pilots. Uh, and Zara, uh, as we mentioned, is a flyer as well. Now, Mac was able to make this happen by using one of the fastest ultralight aircrafts in the world. And that was loaned to him by ICD Soft. It's a hosting company uh, and Mac's main sponsor in all of this. There's a good video on the website where you could check out more. Again, that's over on... Uh, goodnewsnetwork.org. Check that out when you have a little bit of time. Okay. So if you paid attention, you might remember that just a couple weeks ago, George Jetson was born. 
Yes, we know George Jetson is a cartoon figure. However, in the cartoon, his birthday was listed there, uh, and it was uh, just a couple weeks ago. And now, don't you know, this story pops into our uh, into our feeds. It's an electric, it's, uh, sorry, it's not an electric. It is a flying car. It's the Samson Switchblade. Now, it gets that name because of the way the wings fold underneath the car when it's a car. It received its airworthiness certificate from the FAA, and it's ready to start test flights. It can push, uh, and this car transforms. Uh, it does 200 miles per hour as a plane. And this one, uh, it can uh, has about a 450-mile range on its fuel tank. It needs 1,100 feet of runway to take off and another 700 to land. At $150,000, they're not cheap. But Samson, the company that's making these, says they say they already have 1,600 re reservations. Can you imagine private little airstrip clubs floating around in different places of the country. And this is, and this is the truth. This is the true idea folks, right? You can drive the vehicle out of your garage down to the airport, open, hit a button, wait for the wings to pop out and then take off in the air. Cold as flying planes. They're here and coming to a garage near you real soon. If you got $150,000 to spend and uh, and time to wait for it to, to finish their test drives, uh, their test flights. But that won't take too long and we're going to have flying cars. Pretty cool stuff. Hey, our next story comes to us out of my original home state of New Jersey. And they're doing something innovative there. I didn't know about this. Uh, but New Jersey, part of their public utilities board has a community solar energy pilot program. It's been around for a couple of years now. And the idea is to partner between companies and energy providers to provide cheaper energy. Well, the company here is called Solar Landscape. They're a solar operator. And just a couple of weeks ago, August 1st to be exact, they finished their first project. What you're seeing here is over 800,000 square feet of solar array on top of an extra space self-storage site. There's roofs all over the place, folks, industrial roofs everywhere. This is actually creating 6.5 megawatt. It's a community solar array, as I said, over 800,000 square feet, and it will power up to 1,400 nearby homes. This is one of only 46 community solar projects approved in the state of New Jersey. We're going to be hearing more and more about these as it happens. Uh, their senior management of communications, uh, Nicole Morris, said partnering with Solar Landscapes on this project aligns perfectly with our commitment to be good corporate citizens and to participate in environmental initiatives that are positive for our communities, customers, employees, and shareholders. Rent a unit, get some free energy. I, I'm sure there's going to be a cross promotion in here somewhere. Um, but this is one of those stories, folks. I can't, you know, if you follow this program, you know, we talk a lot about alternative energy, wind energy, the innovations that are happening with electronic vehicles. This is just amazing. 
The solar landscape CEO, Sean Keegan, said the promise of community solar in New Jersey has arrived and it's bringing guaranteed savings to residents at a time when many other costs are increasing. We're proud to be partnering with Extra Space Storage on the project, which connects business leaders with the local community and saves residents money. Hoo-hoo! Go solar, save money. Congratulations to the state of New Jersey. I don't say that often, but I mean it this time. All right, folks, this is the good news here on Friday evenings. We're going to take a very short break and be back in just one minute. Stay with us while we allow some of our sponsors to say hello and a little bit of that. And in that regard, we'll be right back with more good news here in just a moment. Stay tuned. with more good news here on the new thought media network so thank you so much for spending some of your friday evening with us or if you're watching this on a replay thank you for doing that as well please like share and subscribe let your friends know what we're up to here on the new thought media network all right folks uh in this segment we've got well we've got eyes ears and ears coming here for you our next story is very promising. Researchers and entrepreneurs have developed an implant made of collagen protein from pig skin, which resembles the human cornea and has restored vision to 20 people. Now, I find this interesting. You know, if, if you're, you need a heart valve, you get a pig heart and they transplant a pig's heart valve into your heart. Uh, here, we're using more of the pig animal uh, for, and its collagen protein specifically to create implants. And this is pretty cool. Um, prior to receiving the implants, most of the patients that in this study were blind due to disease corneas. Uh, the results of the trial are promising, bringing hope to those suffering from corneal blindness and low vision by providing a bioengineered implant as an alternative to the transplantation of donated human corneas, which are much more scarce in many places and in most countries. The result, results show that it is possible to develop a biomaterial that meets all the criteria for being used as human implants. Uh, 
which can be mass produced and stored for up to two years and thereby reach even more people with vision problems. That was from the Department of Biomedical and Clinical Studies, one of the researchers behind the study, Neil Lagani. Thank you, folks, for doing this. You know, as there's an estimated 12.7 million people around the room, around the world, are blind due to corneal uh, deficiencies or, or diseases. Uh, that's the outermost transparent layer of the eye. And when that's damaged or diseased, uh, right now, the only way to fix that is a transplant from a human donor. This is going to open up a lot of doors and uh, bring back sight to a lot of people. And our next story is even more fascinating. And this feels like it's straight out of the sci-fi world. People that are deaf, a company has created an augmented reality spectacles that place subtitles on conversations happening in the real world. Yes, this is real-time transcription and creating subtitles on the inside of the glasses. Now, you have to have a wire that goes to your smartphone, so it is a wired technology. Uh, that'll change, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> and this is all created because a gentleman named Dan Scarfe uh, was sitting around on a Christmas day and realized that his 97-year-old grandfather wasn't able to join the conversation because of his hearing loss. And all he was doing was watching TV. Well, Dan thought, hey, television, TV stations have subtitles. Let's subtitle the world. And he has been able to do just that. Now, uh, this is still in prototype. Uh, it's still in a prototype. Uh, there's a little video here on the on here, and we'll make sure you get a, a, a chance to view that. Uh, the as a profoundly uh, sorry, Steve Krupp, founder and chair of Deaf Kids International, said, "When I tried on the glasses, I was astonished. Real-time subtitles that enable you to engage and participate as never before. They will be available through British Healthcare Provider Network to begin with. There's no date on when this will happen. However, this is happening. Imagine it. People that are deaf now being able to read what's going on around them, what people are saying in the room. The only hiccup they have so far is it has the, the device has a hard time if people are talking over each other. So there has to be just one speaker at a time. Uh, and still promising, promising, life-changing technology, I am sure. And speaking of life-changing, here's another one. Millions of people across the planet suffer from tinnitus. My wife is one of them. And uh, I, honestly, I don't want to know what it's like. Uh, she has tried to ex really explain it to me. Uh, Currently, there is no cure for tinnitus. And if you're unsure of what tinnitus is, it's a, a, a ringing in your ears. Well, these researchers have, may have found the cure in a phone-based app. They're developing an app uh, and they're using, what they're doing is basically retraining your brain to hear tinnitus as a background noise and then disregard it. They say that actually up to 5% of the human population may suffer from tinnitus. And this new technology is uh, said to be quicker and more effective, taking just 12 weeks rather than 12 months 
for some uh, some patients to gain control. What this therapy does is essentially rewire the brain in a way that de-emphasizes the sound of the tinnitus to a background noise that has no meaning or relevance to the listener. That's from the researcher, Dr. Searchfield, and his colleague, audiology research fellow, Dr. Phil Sanders. This is a big, big one as well. The findings were published in the journal Frontiers in Neurology. I don't subscribe, but if you do, you'll find the full article there. Uh, they're now working to get FDA approval and anticipate that the app will be clinically available in around six months or so. That would put us into early next year. Good news on the tinnitus front. I know there's going to be a lot of people waiting in line for this one. Now, folks, every time I turn around, there's another reason to be grateful in this world and another reason to celebrate the good that's happening in our lives. And here on the New Thought Media Network, we like to celebrate the people that help us create that good in our lives and in our world. This network would not happen if it were not for viewers and listeners like you. Uh, and I'd like to take a, just a, invite you to join me in taking a brief moment as we say thank you to our committed givers and corporate sponsors. Stay with us. Help us say thank you. We'll be back in just a minute with more good news here on New Thought Media Network. Stay tuned. Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, for your continued support. Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown Atlanta, for your monthly contribution. Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living North Jersey, for your monthly contribution. And please help us welcome Ohm Center for Spiritual Living in La Mesa, California. Thank you for your monthly donation. Thank you Center for Spiritual Living Seattle for your most generous donation. And a special thanks to Hefferlin Foundation for your generous technology grant. And Suze Ajit, thank you for your very generous donation. And a super special thank you to Dr. Tracy Brown, RSCP. Thanks for being a super donor. And a big shout out to all our committed donors. with more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. I'm Rev. Robert. Grateful you're with us here this evening on a Friday night, sharing those good news stories that I hope remind you that we really are creating a world that works better for everyone. And that includes the animal life on this planet. Our next story is about just that, a good news story in the animal world. The state of Georgia hit a new high this week as loggerhead sea, turtle, uh, sea turtles began to hatch. 
Now, currently, they've counted over uh, almost 4,000, 3,960 hatch uh, hatching nests. Uh, this is the largest number in 33 years. They first started counting nests and how many uh, hatchlings are worth, they estimate, uh, back in 1989. So this is the largest on record. The previous record was set just a couple years ago, 2019. This is good news for the loggerhead sea turtles. Now, uh, loggerheads are a long-lived species, and they don't reproduce until about 30 to 35 years of age. Uh, that's from the Georgia Sea Turtle Program coordinator, Mark Dodd. He's a senior wildlife biologist uh, with the state there. And uh, the loggerheads are still listed as a threatened under the Endangered Species Act. And they've been increasing by approximately 4% annually since the early 1990s. Uh, but based on current trends, Dodge predi Dodd predicts it will take at least another 20 years before the recovery goals are met. Uh, weighing over 300 pounds, female loggerheads uh, are big animals. They crawl ashore on the beaches, dig a hole at the base of the dunes, lay their eggs, and take off. All of this is obviously protected, and they have a list of uh, what you can do, things you can do to protect the sea turtles if you happen to be in Georgia or any other of the east, any of our coastal states. Uh, first off, minimize lighting. During the nesting season, you turn off your outside lights. If you're walking on the beach, don't use flashlights or photography that can uh, deter the turtles. If you encounter sea turtles on the beach, uh, stay quiet. Give them plenty of space. Try not to uh, walk over their tracks. So researchers can use the tracks to identify the species and mark nests for future protection as well. Uh, a number of different things here you can do, including reporting any injured or uh, dead animals that you may find in the wilderness, especially as most larger animals are tagged for research purposes. You can check all this out over at thegoodnewsnetwork.org and find out more about how you can be part of making sure the sea turtles uh, are returned to their rightful numbers on the beaches. Hey, and this next story is kind of interesting. I didn't know this. The plant on your screen is called purslane. Purslane. Uh, but a rare uh, Yale scientist is published an article that uh, states how they have a, a really unique way uh, of type of photosynthesis. And what it does is it enables this weed to endure drought and still maintain and be highly productive. It's a very rare combination of traits and has created kind of a super plant, one that could be potentially useful in, in endeavors such as crop engineering. That's by Yale researcher Eric Edwards and professor of, of ecology there in Yale. The pot paper was published in the journal Science Advances. Again, I'm not a subscriber, but if you are, you can get the whole story right there. Uh, Really interesting stuff here. Our future may be in the weeds. <laughs> All puns intended, folks. I love that. All right. Before we go tonight, I've got a couple extra stories for you. A couple really good stories for you. Uh, this one, this is called the Big Dog Ranch Rescue. It's in Florida. And they say they're a no-kill shelter that has saved over 50,000 dogs. 
Well, the facility you're looking at is actually in Alabama because they just opened this 100-acre no-cage, no-kill dog shelter. So moving from Florida, expanding into Alabama, uh, they believe this facility will be able to house up to 5,000 dogs each year. They're going to be able to provide medical care, arrange adoptions, and act as a transitional hub for shelters throughout the Northeast. They'll be serving Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Texas with 16 kennels and several other structures. Uh, they're being renovated. Uh, it's They've already got five kennels open and expecting more to open even here in uh, September in the coming month. Uh, in early in September. What a great idea, folks. A hundred acre no dog kill shelter. Amazing. Hey, our last story tonight, I just want, we're going to run a video and we're going to show you what happens uh, rather than try to explain it. And our good, my good producer, Diego, is going to bring this up. Uh, Diego, let's take a look at the video. Oh, look out. Oh. Now, this is in a prelude to the Little League World Series, folks. The young man there was not injured, shaken up a little bit, but able to take his base. We'll take one more look at that. Catches him right on the helmet. Wow, that is a tough kid right there. It, even a little lower, and that one's going to hurt a whole lot more. But here's where it gets really interesting. The young man notices that the pitcher is having a hard time. So he walks over. This is really cool because as a pitcher, and lets him, lets him know he's okay. Right now because of what he did. And look at Zay Jarvis. This is such great sportsmanship. He wants him to know that it's okay, that he'll be fine. The young man in the blue is Isaiah Jarvis. Look at me. You're all right. Amazing. You're all right. Look at me. I, look. Sportsmanship. Let's get some. I love this. Uh, and uh, now the pitcher's name is Caden. He did eventually, they did win that game. Caden and his team did win, uh, advances them to the Little League World Series, which will happen a little bit later here in August. Uh, however, uh, the real hero here, I think, is definitely Isaiah Jarvis. Uh, what a great expression of sportsmanship. This is what it's about, folks. Uh, we're all in this together. We're all human beings, and we've all got to act like that. I love seeing this. Uh, in, in the world where young men are taught to solve their problems with aggression, here's young Mr. Jarvis solving his problems with compassion and love. That's what we're all about. Hey, we're going to get out of here for now because I've run a little overtime tonight, but uh, it's okay. That happens. Please stay tuned. Join us again at the top of the hour, 6 o'clock, for Pastor Michael Mangus and the Fireside Chat and our evening prayers tonight at 8.15. We'd love to see you at both of those. I'm Rev. Robert. I'm going to get out of here for now, let you get into the rest of your evening. We thank you for being with us. We look forward to seeing you again real soon. Until then, I wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now.